Char Chat is a member of the Teej.fm network from WTJU. To learn more, visit Teej.fm. That's T-E-E-J dot F-M. Hello, everybody. It's Monday, February 12th, 2018. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Tanner. And you're listening to Chart Chat, your weekly guide to this past week of pop singles hitting the U.S. and U.K. charts. We've gone on a week of hiatus, Tanner. We did. We've had very, very busy lives uh, that continue to be busy, which is why we're recording this on a Sunday, which will be fun for me to edit later today. <laughs> but how are you? I'm doing well. I'm still recovering from last week's charts we didn't record but we did listen Mm -hmm. and i did promise via social media that we would go over some of our comments on our shared spreadsheets Mm -hmm. um i'm gonna open with a couple fallout boy tracks that somehow made it into the top 100 in the uk this is gonna hurt my heart i i laughed hysterically and also i don't okay we're going to start with Hold Me Tight or Don't, Fallout Out Boy. So I made this comment right in the opening, I guess, when I heard the chords. I just said, oh boy. Oh boy. And then as we went on, I slowly began to realize Hold Me Tight or Don't is like an anthem for annoying girlfriends who don't know if they want to be cuddled or not. So that was my <laughs> comment for Fallout Boy. I'm going to toss it over to Tanner. I mean... It was a rough week last week. The only uh, interesting note I have that's anything more than like one word of disapproval is on uh, Kylie Minogue's new song, Dancing. I commented, why is she so close to the mic? And then right after that, I started laughing in all caps at a really sloppy vocal edit around the uh, 1 minute and 11 mark. It was a rough week. Yeah. I mean, the highlight, though, for me, um, over... Uh, I think early January, a Tanya Harding um, documentary came out Hmm. and I watched it with my mom and my sister and the second Fall Out Boy song that is in the UK Top 100 from past week. Is that the Stay Frosty Royal Milk Tea? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Whatever that means. Mm -hmm. The worst lyric to date. I remember I kind of made fun of Demi Lovato for the Beatles. Oh, kind just of let lyric. it be. Yeah. And, yeah. and then the pizza with Lil Yachty and everything. Which I defended. Yes. Let the record show. Yes. But this lyric, I'm about to go Tanya Harding on the whole world's knee. Wow. I just like <laughs> moment of silence because it's Patrick's st- like, Get your stuff together and get your song titles together because I'm so confused. I mean, at least the song title kind of fits Fall Out Boy's long history of having perplexing and sometimes very, very long song titles. Absolutely. This one reminded, when I saw Frosty, I was like, oh, the snowman. Nope. Yeah, but no. Nope, just the royal milk tea. Yeah, royal milk tea. So we're going to put down our qualms with last week's songs. And move on to our qualms with this week's songs. (laughs) Yeah. We're not being bitter for the sake of being bitter. We're just telling you like it is. Whoa. Okay, so on the UK side, we have Meant to Be, Bebe Rexa. BB. 
not Bebay, as I <laughs> learned in a previous outtake. Or was that you making fun of me? That was me making fun oh, of you. Oh, that was you making fun of me. Okay. <laughs> Continue. Okay. And that's featuring Florida Georgia Line, number 97, Meant to Be. I've heard this song before. At number 95, we have Paloma Faith, who we have also heard before, with Till I'm Done. Number 83, we have Emmo, Lotto Boys, and Mr. Easy with Bad Vibe. At number 53, we have Zed, Marin Morris, and Gray with The Middle. At number 51, we have Migos with Stir Fry. Number 35, we have Mist with his song Game Changer. And at number 31, we have Migos featuring Drake. Walk, walk it, talk it, talk it, walk it, walk it, talk it, walk it, walk it. <sighs> I actually almost like that song. <laughs> uh, but I hope you like Migos because the U.S. side of things is chock full of Migos since they just released an album, and we sure like streaming Migos here in the states. Uh, debuting at number ninety-six, it's Migos featuring Gucci Mane with their song "CC." Debuting at number ninety-four, there's Luke Bryan with "Most People Are Good." At number eighty-seven, it's Migos with "Emoji a Chain." At number 83, it's Migos with Higher We Go, the intro. Debuting at number 75, there's Rich the Kid featuring Kendrick Lamar with their song New Freezer. At number 73, it's Back to Migos with Gang Gang. Debuting at number 64, it's Migos, uh, but they're also featuring Travis Scott, Ty Dolla Sign, and Big Sean. That song is called White Sand. Debuting at number 53, it's Migos with their song Superstars. Debuting at number 52, it's Migos featuring Caitlyn's favorite, Post Malone, with their song Notice Me. Debuting at number 48, it's BBO by Migos featuring 21 Savage. Debuting at number 36, it's Migos with their song Narcos. Okay, we're out of the Migos, but there's still two more. At number 28, there's Jason Aldean with his song You Make It Easy. And then, oh wait, no, there's still more. Let's keep going. Man, we should have warned them. Like, don't don't tune out. I need, don't a, drink, I need a drink of water. Debuting at number 23, it's Zed, Marin Morris, and Gray with the middle. And then, for real, there are two left. Migos featuring Drake, number 18. Walk It Like I Talk It, and then at number nine, Say Something by Justin Timberlake featuring Chris Stapleton. Caitlin, save me from this onslaught. What do you got? I'm going to go with the middle first. Um, We have three artists collaborating. Very odd, I guess, collaboration in my mind. Kind of like the um, Skrillex and Camila Cabello, one that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Just struck me as a little strange. So we have Maren Morris on vocals in this song. She's known more for her country songwriting and collaborations than she is for pop and club and dancey kind of music like this song is. Uh, We also have Gray. That is a DJ production duo. They're based um, in Los Angeles, Orange County natives, and their brothers, Kyle and Michael Trewartha. And finally, we have Zed, German-Russian DJ. Producer, instrumentalist, whatever you want to call him, he does all things. He was born in the Soviet Union, which I always like think is funny when you think about it, like Russia, Soviet Union. So like an indirect way to say that he's old? Kind of, but not really. Aww. It's 89, so he was like at the tail yeah. end of it. Um, he won a Grammy for Clarity uh, that featured Foxes in 2014 for Best Dance Recording. And he's recently collaborated with this year's Grammy Award winner for Best New Artist. Very controversial. I disagree. Alessia Cara, um, with the song Stay, which sounds eerily similar to the one that I'm about to play for you. To say the least. To say the least. Here's the middle. Take a seat. Right over there, sat on the stairs, stay or leave. 
The cabinets are bare and I'm unaware of just how we got into this mess. Got so aggressive. I know we meant all good intentions. So pull me closer. Why don't you pull me close? Why don't you come on over? I can't just let you go. Oh, baby. Why don't you just meet me in the middle? I'm losing my mind just a little So why don't you just meet me in the middle In the middle which is the most uh, pronounced reaction I can muster to the song. But go on. Okay, I will. I'm just going to talk about, I'm not going to say musical stealing, but I'm going to say... Borrowing. Sure. First things first, pre-chorus. We have this little melody she sings. Um, It kind of goes like, Pull me closer, why don't you pull me close? Okay, so there's this song by Kevin Little called Turn Me On. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to play you 15 seconds of that so you can hear what I mean when I say musical borrowing. Okay, so melodically, very similar other than the end of the phrase where Kevin Little sings one extra note that's lower and um, Maren Morris doesn't. Mm -hmm. So she changed it up a little bit. Woohoo. The next borrowing is from Zed himself, right? So the biggest similarity here, I guess, musically i don't want to say really musically though because it's clocks ticking right so in uh stay with alessia cara it's this whole theme Mm -hmm. of clocks and i'm wondering like what's this dude's obsession with clocks i mean i think it's basically it fit the lyrics of stay and stay was a hit and this is treading the same ground so you use a similar sonic feature to your previous hit in the hopes that it will also meet with similar success. He's like branding him as like the clock guy. The though. clock guy, you know, <laughs> like the clock and vocoder guy. You know, it's also yeah. the the maybe the it's vocoder his like on. DJ software of like how things sync together, and he just like forgot to edit it out. Just leaves on the metronome. Yeah. So anyway, um, here's stay with the clocks ticking just for fun. Just take your time. The clock is ticking, so stay. All you have to do is wait a second. Your hands on mine. The clock is ticking, so stay. There's a clock's ticking. This song is pretty much the, the exact same song. Even like the vocal quality of Marin Morris. No, I'm Tanner's laughing at me right now, but. I have almost nothing nice to say other than 
it's we've heard all of this before <laughs> and it's popular right now and it's it's working it's propelling zed and Marin morris and gray to the charts and just to clarify the only reason i'm chuckling is because a it is a really dull song that's a very clear like cop off of of stay but also chuckling because uh despite that i think stay is actually really quite good and this is kind of completely forgettable but i suppose that's neither here nor there hmm. moving right along <laughs> My next pick this week is Game Changer by Mist. Mist is a Birmingham-based MC, grime MC. Um, most of the grime MCs that we've been talking about on this podcast, at least in the most recent months, have come from London. So I think it's a big deal to differentiate those just because it is such a big deal while researching and with gangs and everything that locality is really central to their MC style. I was going to ask super quickly for, for those of us, including myself, who aren't familiar with UK geography, can you briefly kind of sum up like difference between Birmingham and London? Yeah, sure. So Birmingham is um, more of an industrial city. It's um, obviously smaller than London. Sure. And it is north of London. Okay. Yes. So uh, Mist made it on Fact Mag's list of 10 grime and UK rap artists to watch in 2017, even though he's been on the scene since the early 2010s. So um, he's been releasing some really good original material. He was kind of more popular for making mixtapes mm -hmm. and releasing those when he first came on the scene. And this is his most recent output, Game Changer. I'm just going to play you a short clip. Still bangles. Live life on the edge, won't topple. Like when I'm on a bike, full throttle. Stepped in the dark, hot bottles. Miss from the ends is the kids role model. New whip soon land, looking like a space shuttle. Black on black, yeah, I call that subtle. My dogs, them are bought no muzzle. Beef gets over real quick, but it's long like puzzles. I just wanna watch money dog. I'm getting hot like Nelly, legend in the game, Machiavelli, Glastonbury, yeah, yeah, you see me on the telly, I'm a very calculated nigga, never miss a penny, I'm hot like Nelly, legend in the game, Machiavelli, Glastonbury, yeah, yeah, you see me on the telly. I'm so that was a little clip of the first verse and hook of Game Changer. It is much of the same. I was, I just had a thought, and I've been thinking about this a lot, and I'd like to hear Tanner's thoughts on it. I hear him as kind of like a Rick Ross type of rapper, if we're making comparisons across the pond. Maybe. What makes you what makes you draw that line? I think the deep, mm. obviously the deeper voice. And a little grainy. A little grainy well. and very loose and kind almost lazy, borderline lazy with mm. the flow. Yeah. Um, but those were kind of the main characteristics. No, that's actually, that yeah. I could buy that. Cool. So do we want a collaboration between those two? Is that what you're saying? I would like to see a rap <laughs> battle. Okay, I'm sure. going to invite both of them. I'll email them yeah. and yeah, I'll let you guys know how that works out. They'll probably just wind up like chilling together. Yeah. Just like hang out on the couch and play video games. That would be cool. I would also like to Yeah, we can join in. Um, so what struck me the most, I, I'm the kind of person that hears and I guess latches onto lyrics before music. So... That was actually the opposite experience for me with this song. You're in my world. Yes, I'm in Tanner's world right now, which is <laughs> odd for me. Um, so I was first struck by how much kind of distance and space and 
I don't know if that's the right way to talk about it, but the distance between the instrumentation. It's a pretty spare arrangement. Yeah, and for that spare arrangement, there's a lot of very clashing, I guess, sounds, right? Mm. So we have um, the weird piano riffs Mm -hmm. that sound just like a normal piano, no filter, not synth. And then we have these crazy, like, sawtooth waveform synth lines that sound kind of, yeah, like that sound like video games, right? Mm. So those kind of alternate throughout the track. And then we have these little choir synth vocals, the oh, 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 right? That's in like a lot of grime, which is fine. And it's distorted at the end, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. You can hear it more at the end. I don't know if it's throughout the whole track. Um, And then we have this backbeat that's not varied often. When it is varied, it just kind of drops out completely and then comes back in as the same thing. Uh, that's That's almost all I got in terms of description. Like it's... My my mind's eye, I don't know what to call it, my ears, my ears were directed to one thing at a time, and I couldn't focus on the lyrics when I was listening to it. I was like, whoa, there's that video game thing again, and now here are these piano chords, mm-hmm. and now, ooh, oh, oh, like choir So things. sort of the contrast of timbres sort yeah. of occupying your attention, it sounds like. Yes, yeah. and I found it interesting, though, to throw in Mist's voice mm-hmm. with that. It worked. It like somehow just all works together. And I mean, if I am being honest, a couple words stuck out to me like hot like like Nelly, right? And then like Glastonbury, he somehow rhymes those, which is cool. It's really good. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I was just kind of shocked with how I approached this song. And I I wanted to highlight that for for our listeners. Um, Not crazy about the song, but... Yeah. No, it's cool when you come across a song that you approach in a way that's radically different from how you usually approach music, um, which I unfortunately can't say either of my two songs uh, did for me. But you have anything else before I grab um, the baton? I'm tossing it over to you. All right, I'm taking that baton and I'm running with it. <laughs> and first we're going to run into Migos. So listeners might already know that I have kind of ambivalent feelings about Migos. Um, I find Quavo in particular kind of dull as a MC. Um, Offset is a different story. I think I've mentioned before um, the Without Warning tape that he put out with Metro Boone and 21 Savage last Halloween was amazing. Mm. Offset can rap. He can be really good. Uh, he's not so much on Culture 2, the new album. <sighs> Okay, before I before I just start sighing incessantly about this album, it's number one on the charts. It's like twenty four tracks or something like that. It's about a hundred minutes, and it's very clearly another sort of um, like if you remember Drake's More Life, mm-hmm. quote unquote playlist, right? Quasi album sort of thing. Um, you know, a, a clear way to sort of play to the way Billboard. Um, counts album plays you know if you just throw a bunch of tracks at the wall you know people are going to gravitate towards certain tracks and then they played enough and then that counts for another album uh, another album play Mm. Um, it's a savvy move um, and I think I think people who are more used to a traditional perspective of what the album is will be frustrated by this album and Mm. so that's something that I've been trying to kind of put aside with this Um, but even even putting that aside just as like 
background music or you know people sometimes use the phrase vibe rap yeah for rap that just kind of like hangs out in the background i still feel like it's mostly kind of lacking um one example of that done well on this album um i think is superstars which is one of the songs i'm going to play an excerpt from um it's also a song that debuted at number 27 on the hot r&b and hip-hop songs chart um so i might continue to climb from there uh but it sounds a little bit like this Okay, so as I was telling Caitlin uh, while we were playing that clip, that is one of two songs that I like and think are good on Culture 2. And 90% of that, I think, boils down to the beat which is amazing. I'm particularly obsessed with the uh, the baseline on this. You know, for the for most part it it uh, synchronizes pretty closely with the kick and has that kind of muffly sort of sound that offsets with the uh, can can you do that in imitation of the synth sort of twinkling? Beautiful. Thank so you. so you juxtapose that with the really muffled boom 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 boom. And then there are these parts where the bass just randomly jumps up an interval a couple times. Boom, 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 boom. It's super cool. And I'm yeah. also doing a terrible imitation of it, so <laughs> uh, I apologize for that. But no, the, the beat is is fantastic. Um, I know before the album came out, most people were more into Stir Fry, mm. uh, which is Pharrell on the on the production end of things. Um, but this track, Honorable C-Note, Boodle Bless, it's so good. And it is enough to outweigh, for me at least, the fact that I find all three of Migos to be kind of boring on this. And I I feel bad criticizing for them for that because I feel like there are other forms of sort of like background rap that come off really well. Mm. Um, for example, a couple of days ago, there was a song by Ray Schrummer that came out called Teed Up. Yeah. Um, actually, do we want to play a little bit of that? Yeah. Yeah, if you want to play just like 20 seconds of that, it's kind of an example of... Um, of a song that has a similar vibe. It's Metro Boomin on production. And I think it's just a really good counterexample uh, demonstrating how you can do this sort of hanging in the background rap without sort of veering into just repeating the same flows and being kind of dull. So once again, that's uh, Teed Up by Ray Shremmerd. I teed up. Yeah. I didn't see no speed bump. Yo. I teed up. Okay, so I won't belabor that, but I will just point out that the uh, little chuckle 
and the chorus there gets me every time (laughs) (laughs) they're teed up um i think that's a really succinct way to assert personality and engagement that often migos lack but Mm -hmm. i know you feel a little differently you're a little more optimistic about the album in general culture too yeah i mean i liked almost half of the album and admittedly it was the more synth poppy tracks that i gravitated towards especially gang gang i really like the uh, female vocal sample at the beginning of that um i also like cc those were my top two tracks and tanner just grimaced i did but that's okay it's fine i've complained enough yes um i also i don't mean this in any kind of i guess negative way but i live kind of amongst the fraternities and sororities Mm -hmm. at uva and this album strikes me as very much a frat and sorority kind of party album. Totally. And that is getting me wondering about audience for these kind of yeah. background rap tracks and who they're produced for, why, I guess, why it's so background. I, I'm curious as to... Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's a lot to be said for the fact that these are tracks that still convey a certain amount of energy, mm-hmm. um, both kind of through their just genre association as hip hop, and also the fact that it is a very beat heavy genre. Mm-hmm. But you don't have MCs that are rapping aggressively in a way that draws attention to themselves. Mm. And so I think because of that, it's music that you can, you know, if you're passing the aux cable at a party or whatever. As the kids say. You won't be booed. You won't be booed. Um, you know, it's not going to completely dominate the, uh, the the proceedings, but it's also not going to be... Boring. Exactly. Yeah. That's fascinating. Ooh. But I'm speculating, trying to find that silver lining. <laughs> but what I don't have to speculate to find a silver lining on, because I love this song so, so much. Caitlin's already laughing at me. This is, <laughs> this is where I pull my heart out, put it on my sleeve. Uh, it's Luke Bryan's Most People Are Good. Kids ought to stay kids as long as they can Turn off the screen, go climb a tree, get dirt on their hands I believe we gotta forgive and make amends Cause nobody gets a second chance to make new old friends I believe in working hard for what you've got I believe most people are good and most mamas ought to qualify for sainthood. I believe most Friday nights look better underneath on our stadium lights. I believe you love who you love, ain't nothing you should ever be ashamed of. I believe this world ain't half as bad as it looks. I believe most people are good. Okay, so this is the second single from the country superstar, uh, Luke Bryan's album that came out back in December. That album's called What Makes You Country. Um, I'm going to say up front, I think that album as a whole is really, really good. Um, and I think this is one of the standout tracks. Apparently the label agrees because uh, they issued this as the second single, like I mentioned. Uh, this song is currently at number 15 on the country songs chart. Also climbing um, and hopefully continuing to climb 
because as I mentioned, I completely adore the song. I think it's really admirable when artists are able to make a song that is uh, earnest, sentimental, um, and sort of unabashedly emotional without having it be um, kind of turn soggy and overly like dripping with just like like whininess or something like that. I think there are a couple things that help this track really avoid that trap. Um, I think there's a lot to be said for Brian's vocal performance. I think it's very clean, very direct. He doesn't sort of belabor the sentiment of his lyrics in a way that is refreshing. I think the production helps a lot with that. Um, it's very clean, very simple, very spare. It doesn't, again, it doesn't blow things out of proportion. You've got that little recurring melodic line after the choruses that you were saying kind of sounds like a recorder. I was yeah. thinking kind of organy. Yeah. We're not quite sure what it is. I like the thought of a recorder, like someone in a studio, like playing a recorder. Like yeah, and I mean, kind of to that point, you also mentioned the uh, the campfire sort of sing along vibe that you, you got, got um, which I think is a really apt image um, and one that sort of dovetails well with the sentiment of the song hmm. and sort of the, the the feelings it evokes, at least in me, that very sort of comforting. I know a number of episodes ago we talked about um, that sense of envelopment and warmth. Yeah. And this is another one of those songs that really taps into that for me. Right. Um, but again, one of the things that prevents the song from getting too sickly sweet um, in the chorus, one of my favorite little details, uh, there, there's that little shaker just kind of puttering along and it, it just has it adds little this little simmering yeah, it adds this little kind of simmering energy that keeps it keeps it you know chugging along um, and I think I think it's just a really sweet earnest I, I really like the song a whole lot I, I've liked yeah. it since I listened to the album back in December it's uh, it's fantastic yeah I admire especially the way that he fits all of the lyrics into a couplet especially yes. um i believe in working hard for what you got even if it don't add up to a hell of a lot mm -hmm. like there are a lot of very short syllables in there mm -hmm. and i admire the way rhythmically he yep. deals with that and still kind of holds true to the couplet exactly without making it sound like cramped or rushed right. or something like that exactly so i i agree i do like the earnestness mm -hmm. the kind of sentimentality I'm just not overall I'm not a fan. Yep. But it's it's a really cute it's a cute song and just, you know, listening like you love who you love, you do this. Yep. It was all very happy and like it reminded me kind of of a kindergarten teacher like playing mm -hmm. for a class and teaching mm -hmm. them like good good life lessons. Be good to others. Yeah, like yep. share your chocolate milk if someone doesn't have any kind that of thing. That sounds like a good song too. Yeah. Right, thanks. I mean, that'll be in my, new, my newest album. <laughs> I was going to say, this isn't perhaps surprising that we have these differing opinions because between the two of us, I am certainly the more the more sentimental one. <laughs> so thank you, Luke Bryan, from me to you. That's so I, true. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. <laughs> I love it. Um, so with yeah. that, I would like to <laughs> rupture our entire structure of our podcast at this point we usually do our pick of the week however this week we were invited to speak in a very large class at uva about our podcast and we did a little kind of experiment for the class and it was very fun and interactive and um immaculate as our shared advisor put it we had a lot of fun but a couple of those students went back and listened to some of our podcasts and 
they came up to me at a networking event the other day and said, how do you figure out if you like a song? Mm -hmm. What's kind of the timeline? When can you pinpoint, okay, I like this song or I don't like this song? So instead of a pick of the week, because we were very underwhelmed with our choices, (laughs) we're going to answer a um, fan listener question here. Tanner, I'm going to let you go first. That question being? That question being, when do you usually figure out if you like a song, right? We're dealing mostly with new chart entries we yep. usually haven't heard before. Yep. Yeah. Um, so this might come off as a cop-out answer, but I don't intend it as one. Um, so at first I'll say that it depends. It depends a lot. Um, depends on the genre of song or the type of song um, because much pop music is sort of contingent on a formula mm-hmm. and that formula might vary from genre to genre you know if there's something about the particular incarnation of that formula that is not doing it for me on first listen um i won't be like the odds are pretty low and historically the odds like the odds <laughs> have borne that out that i will have some sort of change of heart whereas if it's a longer like more experimental piece where it sort of departs from a verse chorus bridge sort of formula you know i might have to spend more time with it Mm. um that said i think there is something also um important about features um which of course are particularly prominent in hip-hop but even beyond hip-hop if i know that there is a feature on a track i will try to withhold judgment on the track before having heard that feature because sometimes that can kind of recontextualize the rest of the song but it's a general rule i for for just the sort of bread and butter work that goes into this podcast on a sort of gut level i tend to know kind of my first instinct of a song after the first chorus basically okay you got the you got the short intro you got the first verse you got the first chorus by then i kind of have a general sense um but still from there I try to spend a couple more listens with the song particularly if there is something that is sort of sticking in my craw in terms of something that's annoying me like trying to figure out why that's annoying me or um, if it's a song that I really like spending some time with those details and trying to figure out why I like it so basically if it's sort of middle of the road that's probably where I spend the least amount of time And then if I can feel myself having a really strong reaction either way, that's where I try to really dig in, repeated listens, try to figure out why am I reacting so strongly, what does this mean, Um, and how do I talk about it on a podcast? Yeah. Um, That was a sort of meandering uh, answer, but what about you? Yeah, um, great answer, I think. I'm a little bit less generous with my time, I think, (laughs) for these songs. So about 90% of the time... I can usually tell within the first 15 seconds whether or not I will end up liking a track. Um, Having said that, I'm going to repeat what you said. The middle of the road kind of songs where I I can kind of tell it might be a grower as we've been uh, calling them on this podcast. Uh, I might listen to it a couple times. I do have a playlist that I... I don't think it's public, but... For songs that I really like, I throw it in this personal playlist because when I like a song, I play it like 50 million times and then I make my own cover of it. And then if Mm. I'm still not tired of it, I will share it with others. And 
that doesn't happen all the time, obviously, but I am excited for a track that we're going to talk about next week, but that's a surprise. Mm. Um, yeah, so I would generally say within the first 15 seconds, I can kind of pinpoint whether or not this is going to be, this is going to be for me, for yeah. C-Fly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. Thank you, uh, thank you to the students who uh, approached Caitlin with that question. Um, yeah. It's definitely worth considering, I think sort of your own relationship to that topic you know how long does it take you why is that does that depend i also know for me like if i'm listening with someone else that radically changes things as Mm. opposed to if i'm listening by myself um so yeah yeah and i think it is probably one of the goals of our podcast is to make people think about these questions right and think about just how you're going to spend your time right with pop music because a lot of us put it on in the background a lot of us work out to it you know drive to work to it whatever you want to do but how are you going to spend your time digging in and figuring out your personal taste it's really cool so thank you again for those questions because as much as i might wish otherwise you can't hear it all you can't listen to everything true but you have listened to chart chat so thank you for tuning in uh and thank you for putting up with us we're a little discombobulated uh sort of in a ramshackle sort of makeshift production situation recording on a Sunday my computer's busted so if we seem a little if we Go seem off. a little loosey-goosey that's why that we appreciate you're listening all the same if you'd like to listen to all of the past week's chart debuts you can find YouTube and Spotify playlists in the show notes and if you have any more questions feedback or corrections definitely get in touch with us via email at chartchatcast at gmail.com in addition to that, if you're interested in following us on, so- on social media, you can find us at Twitter, at ChartChatCast, and on Instagram, at ChartChat. ChartChat's intro theme was written by Peter Kelly, and our cover art was made by Billy Phillips, both fine fellows from Coronation Media. <laughs> Coronation Media is a creative studio specializing in video production, animation, and graphic design. To learn what they can do for your company or organization, visit www.coronationmedia.com. ChartChat is also a member of the Teej.fm network from WTJU. To learn more, visit teej.fm. That's T-E-E-J.fm. Thanks again for listening to Chart Chat. I'm Tanner. And I'm Caitlin. And we'll slump towards a more coherent presentation next week.